your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, March 4th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you as always. You know you can find me on Twitter at your boy Q254, and I'm going to jump right into it, man. Locked and loaded. Big show today. Real big show today. Got so much stuff, I'm definitely not going to be able to get to everything. I'll just tell you that straight off the top. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Segment number three, calls and text. Straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Simple as that. Segment number two, Raiders general manager Mike Mayock. He actually met with the media on Wednesday, about 25 minutes, just talking free agency, talking about players currently on the team, talking about the upcoming draft. There was a lot of good stuff. And normally you get a combine conversation, but since there's no combine going on, and I know that a lot of players across the league actually were invited to the combine, but it's not the same as it normally is. And actually the combine would already have passed by. But this is that combine conversation. You're going to start seeing different uh, draft analysts start meeting with the media. Uh, Mel Kuyper Jr., he met with the media earlier this week. I have that I'm going to bring to the table probably on tomorrow's show. Uh, also, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network, he's meeting with the media on Monday, so I'll bring that to the show next week. I mean, there's a lot to get to. No, Tuesday, not Monday, Tuesday. Sorry, it'll be the 9th. He's meeting with the media, so I'll bring that to you next week. Lots of good stuff to get to. So Mike Mayock had a nice 25-minute conversation with the, the media from the Raiders, and uh, I'm going to break that down, and I'm not going to give you all of it if you want to hear the whole thing. You can go to Raiders.com. They have it right there. Like I said, really good stuff, but uh, some stuff that stood out to me, you'll hear that in segment number two, and we'll talk about that. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, and please believe, as far as the Raiders goes, there was plenty of news that came rolling out on Wednesday, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. The first email I received on uh, on Wednesday was the fact that the Raiders re-signed long snapper Trent Sieg. Uh, the email said the Raiders have signed Trent Sieg to a three-year contract. Uh, he originally signed to the club ahead of the Raiders' Week 2 contest during the 2018 season after a stint with the Baltimore Ravens during that offseason. Uh, since arriving with the team, he's appeared in 47 consecutive games as the team's long snapper. Uh, last season, he snapped for Daniel Carlson, who was able to put together one of the finest seasons by a kicker in franchise history. He assisted Carlson to a franchise record 144 points on the year, tying an NFL high. A lot of times, special teams get overlooked until all of a sudden they're not so special. And the Raiders had a really good special teams unit in 2020, and Trent Sieg was a major part of that. And for that, he signed to a three-year contract. So uh, that was good, just keeping that unit intact. Daniel Carlson, I expect to see him getting a nice little contract extension coming out sooner rather than later as well. Right after that news dropped, then the rest of the Raiders news dropped. And as I was preparing for my show on Fox Sports Central Texas, every time I looked away from my phone, then boom, it was another piece of news jumped up. And this one was pretty pretty surprising, but then not really when you think about it. Right guard Gabe Jackson, he's been with the team since 2014. He is being released. That was something that Josina Anderson, she had at first, she put it out there, that a source tells her Gabe Jackson is being released. That's going to save $9.6 million in cap space for the Raiders. And I'll tell you right now, I said it was surprising when I first saw it, but then after I thought about it and realized it's saving $9.6 million, I realized, you know what? I was thinking Gabe Jackson was going to get released last offseason. So actually surprised that it didn't happen then. Uh, the Raiders are going to be releasing him. And then there's a possibility that 
right tackle Trent Brown could be traded. That's when the next piece of news came out. Ian Rappaport for NFL Network, he put that out. And uh, Vic Tafer, who obviously covers the Raiders like a glove for the Athletic, uh, he put out a tweet saying the Raiders were looking at keeping two of their three top guards, Richie Incognito and Denzel Good. Obviously uh, won that battle. Gabe Jackson's going to be uh, going to be lost as they release him. And the Raiders, sounds like, are looking for a trade partner for Trent Brown. Matter of fact, the report from uh, Ian Rappaport said the Raiders have had talks about potentially dealing tackle Trent Brown, and with a few available tackles in free agency, the Raiders have a shot. Trent Brown is signed through 2022 after landing a four-year, $66 million contract with $36.75 million guaranteed in 2019. He's among the best right tackles in the league when he plays, but he missed all but five games last season. He has no guaranteed money left and will save $14 million if moved. So if you move Trent Brown, that's $14 million. You move Gabe Jackson, that's just about $10 million. That's $24 million of savings on the cap right there. And again, uh, Trent Brown, I wouldn't be surprised. I do think there's a possibility that he could be traded. I absolutely think that they have a shot. I don't know exactly what they'll get for him. I wouldn't be surprised if they hit up Tennessee and tried to trade him to Tennessee and uh, get Isaiah Wilson in return. And Isaiah Wilson is the former first-round draft pick. He was drafted, matter of fact, in the first round last year uh, out of Georgia. And he's been a bust for the Titans, but maybe you know he gets moved and, and Tom Cable's able to do something with them, and now the Raiders have a, a, a right tackle that's a cheaper guy, a guy on a rookie deal, and they're able to get something out of him. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw them try to trade straight up for him. Uh, also, I mentioned it the other day, maybe Trent Brown could get traded to the Baltimore Ravens as they're looking to move on from Orlando Brown as he wants to move on and be a left tackle somewhere. There's, there's teams out there that I think would trade for Trent Brown, so most likely Trent Brown and Gabe Jackson will be gone in the 2021 season for the Raiders. So if you're wondering, okay, well, what does the offensive line then look like? Well, of course, you got Rodney Hudson at the center position. Of course, Colton Miller, he's going to be the, the left tackle. I think Richie Incognito, who I talked about the other day, even though 37 years old, coming off that Achilles injury, I think he's going to be back at the left guard position. Then you only have to worry about the right guard and the right tackle. And so, I mean, that's still a kind of question up in the air. Uh, Denzel Good, I believe that he's going to be uh, the right guard. You know, it looks like, I, and I think that he's going to get a nice contract extension coming up because he did a really, really good job in 2020 filling in wherever he was needed. Uh, maybe Simpson gets a shot to see what he can do. Maybe. Uh, he was a fourth-round draft pick out of out of Clemson just a year ago, so maybe he has an opportunity. And, and like I said, maybe they go out and draft a guy at the right tackle position. Maybe they trade for a guy at the right tackle position. Uh, obviously, that's got to be solidified if Trent Brown's not there. But sounds like Colton Miller... Uh, uh, Richie Incognito, Rodney Hudson, and Denzel Good for sure are going to be on the starting lineup for the uh, offensive line. And it's just going to be a question of who's going to be at the right tackle position if they don't bring Trent Brown back. And my gut feeling, and that's all I'm rolling with, is my gut feeling tells me that they won't. Also wanted to bring to the table former Raiders wide receiver Tyrell Williams. Remember the Raiders released him not too long ago? He's signing a one-year deal with the Detroit Lions, $6.2 million. That's the one-year deal for Tyrell Williams. He's hooking back up with Anthony Lynn, who was his head coach when they were both members of the Chargers. So good luck to Tyrell Williams. I know a lot of Raider Nation was thinking about, hey, man, just bring him back. He knows the offense, this, that, and the other. He's got a one-year $6.2 million deal now with the Detroit Lions. He was supposed to make about $11 million with the Raiders, so clearly uh, almost a cut in half what he was supposed to make but now he's got an opportunity with the Detroit Lions and my final little sound bite that I wanted to bring to you for uh, segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast tight end Darren Waller he was on Good Morning Football on NFL Network on a Wednesday morning and he talked about a variety of different things he's got a podcast out obviously he does a lot of music and then started talking about he was asked by Kyle Brandt about the Raiders making the playoffs and basically Kyle said if there's one team in the league out of all 32 teams that needs to make the playoffs the most 
It's the Raiders. And so here's Kyle Brandt talking to Darren Waller about the playoffs. I said if I were to rank all 32 NFL teams according to who needs to make the playoffs the most in 2021, I would have the Las Vegas Raiders at the number one spot in the entire league. Now, our show has taken that. It's out on Twitter now. So I ask you, am I right? And how's that going to happen? Uh, I, I agree with you, yeah. Uh, we have to make the playoffs. Uh, there are no more excuses, uh, no more justifications. Uh, I know offensively speaking on the side of the ball that I'm on, uh, we can be better in the red zone. Uh, we're good at a lot of things, but uh, we could definitely be better at red zone efficiency and scoring touchdowns there. Uh, defense, uh, I feel like just for them, it just starts with uh, the small things and those little habits and how we prepare on a week-to-week basis will carry over into the game. Uh, playing a more simpler scheme for them, allowing their their individual skill sets to shine and to uh, just be more disciplined. Because uh, I feel like we're right there outside of a few plays that even the defense would agree uh, can't happen. Uh, we're right there. So I believe in these guys, and I know that uh, this year is going to be a special year for us. Darren, now it seems like every year there's criticism and speculation on Derek Carr and his future going forward. So I, I want to ask you, one what do you think about him as a quarterback? And is he the guy that can lead your team into the playoffs? And what's something that people don't know about your quarterback? Uh, yeah, I have all the belief in the world in Derek Carr. Uh, I have ever since I got here, and I still do to this day. Um, I think he's a guy that can take us everywhere that we want to go. And uh, something that people don't know about Derek Carr. Um, I mean, just how much that he cares about every single teammate on the team. Uh, he doesn't see himself right. as better than anyone. Uh, he wants to lift people up uh, and to go gotcha. to the place that he's been, have the success that he's had in this league. And uh, that really stands out to me about him. And that makes you not want to let him down. And when you don't want to let somebody down, that goes the wrong way. So there was Darren Waller right there on Good Morning Football. He was talking about the Raiders and the playoffs, and there's no excuse. And look, that's something that I know I specifically said in 2020, no excuse why the Raiders don't make the playoffs. Well, we all know how it shook out. They went 8-8, and they didn't make the playoffs. He's saying there's no excuse for them not to make the playoffs in 2021. And I know anyone who's been a Raider fan for a long time has been saying that for many years, and it just hasn't happened. I mean, obviously 2016 happened, but that uh, the Raiders never had a shot. Derek Carr wasn't there. They went into the playoff game against the Texans with Connor Cook. Uh, behind center they, they just didn't have a shot in that game but either way man it's been a long time since the Raiders have legit been in the playoffs and so a lot of Raider fans are tired of hearing next year guaranteed next year no excuse this and that I get it I'm right there with you again I thought that 2020 was the year that they should have been in the playoffs and I still believe they should have been six and three you have an opportunity. 14 teams are going to make the playoffs, and you end up 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, that's not good. But you heard Darren Waller say there's things that, you know, they could have done offensively, and he's not wrong. There's a lot of things they could have done better offensively, particularly in the red zone. And that kind of takes a little bit of pressure off the defense as well. And then he talked about Derek Carr, and he's been one of those guys who's backed up Derek Carr in a major way. He's a guy that you don't want to let down, you know. So that that says a lot when the team says that's the kind of guy that you you go to go to bat for and you go to bat with, and, and you don't want to let him down because you know how hard he's working you want to step your game up as well so that was a nice little endorsement on Derek Carr from uh, Darren Waller so that was from Good Morning Football and of course they, they talked more than that it was probably about a seven or eight minute conversation but I figured that that was the part that was the best to, to, to hear you can go check it out on NFL.com if you didn't uh, I think that good more I think it's on Raiders.com as well so uh, check that out speaking of Raiders.com Mike Mayock he met with the media on uh, on Wednesday had a nice long media session about 25 minutes and uh, I broke it down 
down. I got a couple sound bites from that, talking about the draft, talking about free agency, talking about the current team. Uh, you'll hear that coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a great sponsor, which is rockauto.com. They're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they got everything. If it's engine parts you need, they got you. Brake parts, they got you. Tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, they've got you covered, man. If your car is one that you drive every single day to work, maybe to school, whatever, yeah, they can they can hook that up. Or if it's a classic car, something that you just pull out the garage on Sunday, you want to shine it up and drive it down the block, yeah, they got that as well. Everything you need for any kind of car is a few easy clicks away, and it's delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com, the catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly check out all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brands, specifications, and most importantly, the prices that you prefer. That's right, the prices at RockAuto.com are always super low. The same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers, so there's no reason to spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now. Check out the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, there's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? Just write in the box, Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that I sent you and I'm doing my job. Great selection, super low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need is one spot, rockauto.com. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to break down Mike Mayock, general manager of the Raiders, his media session that he had on a Wednesday. Uh, really good stuff, man. 25 minutes. If you want to hear the whole thing, the whole meal deal, Raiders.com. Go check it out right now. It's right there on the front page. You cannot miss it. I just took some, some sound bites away from it that I really enjoyed. I listened to the whole thing, and there was things that stood out to me, and I thought, yep, I want to bring that to the show. Yep, want to bring that one to the show. So I grabbed a lot of stuff. I'm not going to be able to bring Bring it all to you here in segment number two, but just the ones, the major ones that, that stood out to me. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And uh, it's funny because we've actually asked this question on the show. We've talked about it on the show before. Uh, Mike Mayock was asked, who or what is the best recruiting tool that the Raiders currently have? I think the guy that has the most cachet is our head coach. And I get questions about John Gruden all the time by people all over the country. And uh, I think John has a special persona about him. I think Derek Carr has earned a lot of respect around this league from an awful lot of people. Uh, and I think in this day and age where players spend more time from, from opposing teams, you know, through social media and whatever, players are always hanging out, talking, sending messages back and forth. I think in this day and age, there's more of that than there ever was. In the old days, it used to be kind of guys talking together at the Pro Bowl. You know, today it's all day, every day, all 32 teams, the players interact all the time. So I, I do think we have some guys that are highly respected throughout the league, and I think uh, the fact that John Gruden is who he is, the city of Vegas is what it is, uh, it's kind of an interesting recruiting tool for us. And so the reason that I put that into the show and thought that that was an important one, again, because we talked about it, I've had a couple people hit me up and say, hey, who's that guy that could say, hey, come play with me, we're going to do this, you know? And you heard Mike Mayock right there mention Derek Carr. He has respect around the league. But really, I mean, the guy that he kept leaning on was the head coach. John Gruden, and that's great. And I think that John Gruden is a good recruiting tool, and that's great that he could be that that voice that gets people excited. And I know I'm a Gruden guy. I, I'll tell you that right now. But 
for the most part, man, you've got to have a player. You've got to have a couple alphas on that squad where, you know, guys are going to want to go gra- gravitate and play with that dude, not just for that dude. So that's the job of the Raiders is to get a couple of those alphas that other players, big-time players, are going to go want to play with. Uh, and the example that that was given to Mike Mayock was uh, DeAndre Hopkins being in Arizona. Uh, he probably did a little bit of recruiting to get J.J. Watt there. I don't see the Raiders having a guy like that, and I don't really know how much Derek Carr is a guy like that. I know he's respected around the league. I'm not trying to slander him. I'm not trying to, you know, dog him out or anything like that. I respect him as a quarterback. I think he's good. I think the Raiders can win with him. I just don't know how many how many players across the league are, are pounding the table to be like, hey, I want to go play with Derek Carr. I know Khalil Mack had a really good relationship with him, but I haven't really heard anyone else just be thick as these with. But again, I do know he's respected around the league. So one good question that Mike Mayock was asked was about the vision. What's the vision of the offseason? You know, something I've been talking about a lot is it's got to be get this defense where it needs to be. They already brought in Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator. He was one of the big-time free agents. Matter of fact, probably the most important free agent that they're going to get all uh, all offseason. But here's Mike Mayock and what his vision is for the Raiders this offseason. I want us to be really solid. I want us to make good decisions both in free agency and the draft. Um, you know, the free agency thing is different this year. And you guys talk about the salary cap all the time, I'm sure. If you go back two years and say where was the cap going to be this coming season, the answer would have been plus, plus or minus $225 million. And we're looking at 180 today. It's simple math. So the reality is every team in the league is going through conversations like never before as far as what's the best composition of your locker room, uh, where do we have to make moves, how do we make those moves, and to me, it always just goes back to you got to be really good in the draft and you got to build your team through the draft. And we've got to be, I think, smarter in free agency, better in free agency. Uh, and we've got to complement that with a really solid draft. Mike Mayock, vision for the offseason be solid. Be smarter in free agency, be better in free agency, and complement that with the draft. And I think when he talked about free agency right there, he hit it on the head because since the Raiders, since John Gruden has been back with the Raiders, their free agency has not been great. I mean, I can even go back and say Reggie McKenzie's free agency hasn't wasn't great either. So, I mean, really, the Raiders haven't hit on a whole lot of great free agents uh, over the past few years, you know, and especially since John Gruden has been back. They've got to do a lot better in the free agency. And then they also, they've got to hit on the draft. You know, I mean, if you're going to have depth, especially when the salary cap goes down, you can't afford a bunch of high-priced guys. You've got to have guys on on rookie deals. You know how you can make that work? if you have a lot of good guys that you get in the draft. Last year's draft obviously was not up to standards, and so they've got to be a lot smarter. They've got to be a lot better, and like you said, complement the free agents with the draft pieces. So while we're talking about free agents, uh, Mike Mayock was asked, are they planning on being active? Do they plan on being aggressive in free agency? And how about right tackle Trent Brown? Is he going to be the starting right tackle in 2021? So uh, question number one, how active can we be in free agency? I, I think we're going to be active. The question is at what level? You know, we've been active players on day one and day two in the last couple of years. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of depth in the free agency market this particular year. I think there are going to be more veterans out there on the market, and I think uh, it's incumbent upon us to be patient. Uh, would we take a shot at a high-level high player, too? Sure, if, if we believed in the person and, and had the money available. But right now, I don't even know how much money we will or won't have available. That jigsaw puzzle is still taking place. But one way or another, I think we'll be active in free agency. I don't know if it'll be day one or week one or month one. But at some point, I would expect us to try to fill some holes in free agency. 
Uh, regarding Trent, you know, the jury's still out here. I, you know, he's under contract. And again, we believe in the talent of that player. And uh, there'd be nothing finer than, you know, have Trent Brown at right tackle protecting Derek Carr next year, week one. Uh, but the jury's out, and we still have to make some decisions on our roster in general. So as far as the aggressiveness and activity, as far as free agency goes, it sounds like the Raiders, in my opinion, just from what I'm hearing, sounds like they'll probably be more active later on in free agency, maybe day two, maybe day three, not as much on day one. Probably won't get a bunch of the tier one free agents. And that's okay, because there's a lot of veterans being released that, hey, the Raiders might be able to cherry pick and get them at a cheaper rate that can still play. And we've talked about that multiple times here on the show. So that's one thing to point out. And then he talked about Trent Brown. And in segment number one, I talked about the report that they've been shopping him and that they might trade him. And he said it would be ideal to have Trent Brown as a starting right tackle protecting Derek Carr in 2021. But the jury's still out. And why is the jury still out? Because he's never available. He's missed way too many games since being a member of the Silver and Black. And so that's that's a, a big hang-up. If he's right, if he's always locked in, if he's healthy, Trent Brown is one of the best right tackles in the league. But I've said this multiple times going back to the regular season. There's a reason that he's on his third team now. He went from San Francisco to New England to the Raiders. He's about to be on his fourth team if they moved on from him. I mean, if you're a guy that's young and you can protect the quarterback and you're as solid as Trent Brown is when he's locked in, you're not being moved from team to team to team if you're always engaged and you're that guy. Problem is, Trent Brown's not always engaged. He's not always that guy. So then they doubled down and asked about Trent Brown. Really, what does Mike Mayock need to see from him to be able to determine if he's going to be there with the silver and black in 2021? Yeah, Trent's whole thing is when he's, when he's healthy, in shape, and ready to go, he's as dominant as any tackle in football. And he proved that early in the 2019 season. Since then, it's been kind of a roller coaster. So really what he needs to do, I think more than anything, is get himself in the best shape of his life and come out ready to prove that he is a dominant tackle in the National Football League. And, and really, that's all it takes. If, if, if Trent gets in shape and stays committed, there's, there's not a better talent out there. Again, it's all up to Trent Brown. I mean, it's really on him. A dude that's big, that good, that talented, and he's just not always engaged or he's not always available. Look, man, $14 million is what he can make this year. I don't see him making that money from the silver and black just because his availability is is not there. So just got a couple more sound bites that I want you to hear real quick. This is from Mike Mayock's media session. It's about 25 minutes long, the whole meal deal thing. You can hear it right now on Raiders.com if you want to check that out. Uh, Mike Mayock, still talking about free agency, was asked if he's taking a look at the upcoming free agent safeties and what are his thoughts because everyone's looking for who's going to be that Earl Thomas next to Jonathan Abram. So how about the free safeties on, on the market? Of course, when you ask that question, you're really talking about Marcus Williams from the New Orleans Saints who's already been kind of uh, you know teamed up with the Raiders or are rumored to be on the Raiders' shortlist. But here's Mike Mayock talking about free agent safeties. Well, yeah, we've obviously looked at every position and uh, you know, free safety is an interesting one. And you know, in, in Gus Bradley's system, you know, it's a little bit different in that you, you, you typically are looking at a true free safety and a true strong safety, you know, and uh, Abram could be probably considered more of that strong safety. And, you know, at free safety, we're going to have to answer some questions. You know, we've got Jeff Heath, uh, Eric Harris is a free agent. You know, we've got some guys that have played some football for us, but 
whether it's a draft or free agency, that's a position we've got to be very aware of, and we are. So Mike Mayock's letting it be known right there. They're aware that they need a free safety. They do. They need a guy who could be that Earl Thomas if Jonathan Abram has a chance to be that Cam Chancellor. I don't believe that he's on the roster. He mentioned Harris. He mentioned uh, Jeff Heath. Those guys aren't starting free safeties, in my opinion. But uh, they got to go outside the building, either in the draft or in free agency, and go get them a real deal free safety. Mike Mayock was also asked what he has learned from last year's draft class and the circumstances uh, leading into the season that the team can learn from this time around. I think we thought that we were in a good place because all seven of our picks were in the first four rounds in a COVID year. And I think if you look back at it and you go in a COVID year, should you be picking guys that perhaps are a projection from one position to another? You know, we took the kid from Kentucky in the third round and ended up trading him to Miami before the season started. That was a projection. He was a college slot receiver and a quarterback, and we tried to move him to running back in a pandemic year. And to be honest with you, I don't think it was fair to the kid. You know, we don't even see him face-to-face live until training camp in July. Um, You take Amik Robertson in the fourth round. He was an outside corner. And even though it doesn't sound like a big change to go to nickel, in a COVID year with no reps, trying to learn run fits in the corner or the nickel position that he never had to do before, that's asking a lot. So basically what I'm saying is that I think in a COVID year, you've got to be nimble and you've got to learn lessons and you've got to, you've got to try to leverage the draft for whatever you can. And right now, I mean, I had meetings again yesterday with all my, we had 11 or 12 days in a row with all the scouts, uh, draft meetings, they're gone now. But uh, what we talked about was trying to be flexible, be nimble. All 32 teams are under the same set of rules. So it's up to us to answer all those questions. Like the, for instance, the medical is gonna be difficult this year for all 32 teams. It's gonna come in late and it might not be as finite. We still have to get our answers. You can go to pro days, but you can't talk to players face to face. Well, we're gonna travel all over the country, including myself, to watch kids work out live. I can't put them on the board. I can't take them out to dinner. I can't do anything to get to know this kid more. And, and that for me is the biggest part because I think trying to get to know what's important to the kid, it's like if any of you guys have college age kids and you're worried about their fit, you know, what college fits for them coming out of high school? And that's, that's kind of the way I try to look at it. What's the best fit? For the, do we fit for this kid? Is he fit in our building? And if you don't get face-to-face with him, it's hard. You can do all the Zooms you want. You know, we're doing Zooms right now. I, I guess you guys, but I think you guys would rather sit here and we could have a conversation face-to-face and you'd probably get a little more out of it. Interesting that he immediately went to Lynn Bowden Jr. <laughs> saying that they tried to make a guy who was a slot wide receiver, a quarterback in college, and try to move him to the running back position in a year like they dealt with. And on top of that, he wasn't a guy that was even a fit in their in their building, in their training facility, you know? And so uh, that was something he mentioned that they've got to do a lot better job on identifying guys who fit not guys that they think hey we can move this guy and make him this no you see what he does you see what he does really well does that work with what you want to do as a team if it does great pull the trigger if it doesn't then don't go get someone else that was a huge mistake that they made with Lynn Bowden Jr. in the third round 
of the the 2020 draft. That was just, again, a huge mistake. And really, they probably made that same mistake when you look at Tanner Muse. They drafted him as one thing and then thought they were going to turn him into another, and he never even got on the field in 2020. So they got a lot that they got to clean up. And speaking of cleaning up, man, they've definitely got to clean up that defense. So the final little soundbite I want you to hear is Mike Mayock talking about if they'll focus still, keep that focus on defense, knowing how much help they need on that side of the ball. Yeah, I think, obviously, I think every team's self-aware. You know, what are our needs? How do you go about it? Can you fix some of them in free agency? If so, it's a little bit easier to target the draft. Um, so when you go into the draft, I, th- I think the, the key to the draft is taking good football players every round. And it's, that oversimplifies it. Uh, but if you use some common sense and, and you've got an offensive player and a defensive player that are graded approximately in that same range, uh, and, and maybe that defensive player fits a need. Well, let, let's go get them. Uh, the flip side to that is if you're on the board in the third or fourth round or wherever, and there's an offensive player that's sticking out like a sore thumb because his grade is significantly higher than any of the defensive needs. I, I think you dilute the overall talent of your team if you don't take that offensive player. So really, I think it comes down to just trying to have his, the most thorough understanding that you can of where the the strengths and weaknesses of the draft are, understand what league value is, and then try to have a little ability to move up and down the board, trade up, trade down, and try to take advantage of it to the best you can. So there goes Mike Mayock talking about the defensive side of the ball and addressing the issues there and how much can they get done in free agency. In 2020, I thought they got a lot done in free agency when they brought in Corey Littleton and both Nick Wachowski, and obviously they still needed more defensive help. And then they went and they got Damon Arnett, and, you know, they got other defensive players, and it just didn't shake out, you know. Uh, Meek Robertson was a guy that they brought in, and just it didn't shake out uh, the way that they thought it would. So uh, I always look at the draft, and I always say that really good teams draft players, uh, the best player available at that position. If they're drafting at 17, whoever the best player available on the board is is what you go and get. But I also feel like most teams, and I just say most teams, draft best player available in position of need. And he kind of alluded to that when he said if there's a if there's an uh, offensive player and a defensive player and they're graded kind of close and, you know, maybe the defensive player fits the kind of need, then you go and get that guy. You know, so I feel like that that's what a lot of teams do. Best player available in position of need, where a lot of other teams just do best player available, period. Period. So anyway, that was Mike Mayock. That was some of the sound bites from his media session from uh, Wednesday. I thought it was really good. Again, the whole meal deal thing is on Raiders.com right now. It's about 25 minutes long. Really, really good stuff. So coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. If it's college basketball, if it's the NBA, if it's uh, baseball, it's right around the corner, NHL, UFC, any kind of sport, betonline.ag's got you covered. They are your online sportsbook experts. If you need an account, you can open up a free account today. It's not a problem. Betonline.ag, you make your first deposit, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus just like that. So betonline.ag, promo code LOCKDOWN, you put a hundo in, you're going to have 150 to play with just like that. So if you're on social media, check them out at betonline underscore AG, take advantage of all the best bonuses in the business. Again, betonline.ag. Segment number three is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Don't have a lot of time left in today's show, so not going to get to a whole lot, but let's go ahead and get things cranking. And before we do that, let's go ahead and sound the alarm one time. We're going to get things started off with OG Todd Monday. Is that like OG Bobby Johnson? <laughs> he's a new booty. He's calling out of West Virginia. He's calling to speak on Gus Bradley and how he's excited about the hiring of Bradley. He's going to tell you why. Here he is, OG Todd Monday, calling out of Virginia. A new booty here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. What's up, Q? This is your boy, OG Todd Monday, Mr. 440 at Raiders Strong, checking in from West Virginia, my man. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Just wanted to tell you that I love the show, and I love the fact that I can tell that you're an actual Raiders fan, not just someone that's, you know, getting paid to cover the team, uh, which I know is a business, so, you know, those guys are out there too. I also can appreciate the fact that when you're doing your show, everything is in sunshine and rainbows, nor is it gloom and doom, so I, I appreciate that uh, unique perspective. Uh, the reason I'm calling, I know that everybody wants to talk about Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, which I can appreciate that for sure. But I just wanted to talk about something that I'm really excited about that we already know is happening, and that's Gus Bradley. I feel like Gus Bradley, the coaches he brought over uh, to run his 4-3, the cover three scheme, I think our young guys are going to be are going to benefit a ton from his coaching, his developing of young players. They're going to be able to play fast. I think guys like Jonathan Abram, uh, Corey Littleton are going to, are Damon Arnett as well are going to just flourish in the system. They're going to be able to, you know, I think Abram's going to be able to play in the box more. I think Littleton's going to be able to do more of what he does well that's, uh, you know, uh, better for his skill set. I'm really excited about this defense, and I think that we could go from a historically bad defense to middle of the pack, and even if we get to middle of the pack next year, it's going to feel like we're the 83 Raiders. Uh, because it's gonna, because we've been so bad for so long that if we get to like 14, 15, or 16, man, we're gonna, we're gonna be, feel like we're balling. So really excited about that. And, uh, you know, we're probably gonna, you know, draft that Leo pass rusher in the draft. Probably gonna sign a couple defensive tackles. I'm really hoping, uh, for a veteran free, free safety. I think we need a veteran in the backfield. And, you know, the, uh, the free agency starts in like, I don't know, 15 days. The draft is next month, so really excited to see, uh, you know, how this plan's going to unfold in the next six weeks, really. So, uh, great job with the pack, uh, with the podcast, excuse me. And, uh, Raider Nation, man, we're going to get to see the plan here soon. So I can't wait to see how we fix this defense. Peace out. Just win, baby. There he goes, OG Todd Monday, and it's been brought up a few times, man. Gus Bradley is probably the best free agent the Raiders will pick up all offseason. He's the guy that's going to have the most pressure on him. His expectations are going to be sky high. He's got to figure out how to get these young dudes right and get this defense, like you said, middle of the pack. It's got to be there. I'm excited about the hire. I think he's going to bring some good things to the table. I think these players are going to think less and play more. But again, it's all about you know him getting them right and getting them figured out. And he's got to have some alphas, man. He doesn't have any alphas, in my opinion, on that side of the ball. 
he's got to get those guys. So thank you so much for that call, my man. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. Next up is a text from Ben. He's in Colorado. He says, hey, Q, if Von Miller hits the market, what are the odds he would go somewhere like the Raiders? And then he also asked, what are you hearing about Nelson? Is he going to be re-signed? I feel like he was back on top of his game this past season, was a big help in the passing game. Both those calls are a text right there from Ben in Colorado. And, you know, Von Miller, if he hits the open market, I can see the Raiders trying to make a run at him. I think Von Miller is going to probably, if he does hit the open market, look for the most money. And uh, then if he if he doesn't get the most money, he might go somewhere where he feels comfortable. And maybe Gus Bradley is a guy that he thinks, hey, he can get the most out of me for a year or two. And uh, I can go run with the silver and black and play against my former team a couple times a year. Or maybe he decides that he wants to get back into the state of Texas. You know, he's an Aggie. He went to Texas A&M. So maybe he wants to uh, go back to where home was. I mean, who knows? There's a lot of different teams that would probably want Von Miller, especially if they can get him at an affordable rate. As far as Nelson Aguilar, um, I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about Nelly. I know that Mike Mayock, on his uh, his media session that he did on Wednesday, he actually talked about Nelly. So here, let me go ahead and, and let you hear what he had to say about Nelson Aguilar. Nelly's one of my favorite people in the whole world. Uh, when I lived in Philadelphia, I did the Eagles preseason games and Nelly was an Eagle. <clears throat> I was familiar with his work ethic and appreciated him back then. Uh, what he brought to the Raiders last year was off the charts. He brought a work ethic, a toughness. He brought the young guys along with him and he brought productivity and trust with our quarterback. So all of those things he brought, we don't want to lose. We'd love to have Nelly back. I mean, that's that's a guy that um, I can't tell you how much appreciation I have for. So there he goes. That's Mike Mayock talking about Nelly. And I always say his last name wrong. I always say Aguilar. It's really Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar. Yeah, Aguilar. <laughs> I always get it wrong. And someone always calls me out. If it ain't Mikey the Barber, it's someone else always calling me out. Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar. <laughs> I don't know. It don't, it don't even matter. Whatever. And no disrespect to him. I just say it wrong. My bad. But, uh, yeah, sounds like Mike Mayock wants him back, but at what price? That's the biggest hang-up. If, if it was something like, hey, a very reasonable deal, he'd bring him back. I did notice that, the, that with the salary cap going down, that for wide receivers, the franchise tag is only $15 million, so maybe they can negotiate uh, a cheaper deal with Nelson and, and bring him back. Clearly, they want him. Obviously, Mike Mayock likes him. Derek Carr has a great relationship with him. I just wouldn't overspend for him, especially since he's had that one big year, again, a contract year. So that's, that's just really my two cents with that. So uh, thank you so much for that text, man. Definitely appreciate it. You. Uh, a call from Raider Ivan in Oakland. He's calling to talk about a specific group of fans that he has a problem with. He breaks down what it takes to criticize current players on their social media pages or tell them what they need to do as far as playing on the field. Here's Raider Ivan really got a comment for a certain part of the fan base. Hello, this is Raider Ivan in Oakland. Uh, just want to say uh, what's up. Love your show. I listen to it every day. I'm even sharing it on Facebook page to a lot of folks that really need to understand football. So I give them your podcast so they can be educated on all these trades and stuff. But that's not why I call. The reason I called is to speak to a specific group of fans, fans that go on uh, player pages and put down that, you know, like Derek Carr's page, that he needs to be traded. He needs to give up his starting job. He needs to do better, stuff like that. I just want to say to those players, you are not qualified to make those type of decisions. You're not a head coach. You're not in the National Football League. You probably never played high school football. Tell you what, let me give you the qualifications to do something like that. First thing you got to do is be a high school football star. Then get go to college. Become All-American or at least good enough to make the pros. Go in the NFL. 
have a great career and be on the verge of making the Hall of Fame, and maybe then you'll be qualified. I've been coaching for years, and I'm not qualified to make that decision. I'm more qualified than probably a lot of other people as far as games I've coached in and at what level. I mean, it's kind of like semi-pro, but still, it doesn't matter, you know, because it's basically a bunch of ex-college athletes in the league that I coach in. But anyway, um, you're not qualified to do that. So please stop. It's annoying. And you're making the Raider Nation look stupid. If you, if you don't want to be a fan, there are some teams that don't win that would love to have you. Okay, I hate to put it like that, but it's unfair to make those comments and you're not qualified to do so. So please leave it to the players on the field. I mean, you have a right to be upset and complain and, and demand winning, but as far as talking smack and saying you don't need to be a part of a uh, team, that's not your place. Anyway, hopefully it makes it. If not, if you could just mention it, you know, that'd be great. All right, thanks. Bye. There he goes. Raider Ivan calling out of Oakland, talking about fans that go and attack players on social media, starts talking about their families, talking about how they stink. You better get to work. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. I, I'm I'm with you. I don't like that either. On the other hand, though, I don't like it when the players do that back, you know, when they start firing back at the fans and start talking trash. And, and I just think it's a bad look in general. Uh, I, I won't get caught up in that. Um, you know, I, I'm just, that's not, that's not who I am. That's not how I roll. And, you know, for the most part I think a lot of the fan base is not like that either there's always a small pocket that thinks that they have the right because they're a fan of the team to go and just blast off on the on the player and again uh, for the player to you know to, to fire back that's not a good look they should just say hey you know what whatever <laughs> fan is short for fanatic so sometimes they do some things that are a little bit crazy but thank you so much for that uh, that call Ivan I definitely appreciate hearing from you and I got time for one more text and that's going to come from D D says what up Q just finished Wednesday's pod, and all I got to say is hallelujah. If Raider Nation needed any reason to follow my man Q, that was it right there. I absolutely despise the Homer media types and all that suckling that goes with it. Nothing worse than watching or hearing the local coverage when your team is on the road and having to endure nothing but praise for the home team. Makes me sick. It's amazing how many people in positions of power and influence lack the fortitude to speak for what's right. They sell their spines for a check. I couldn't be more proud hearing your words against that and want to thank you for them. The world needs more people with the integrity and principles that you have. Thanks again for all that you do, and please know it's appreciated. That comes from D. And thank you so much for that text, my man. And I'll tell you, I uh, very passionately gave that uh, that podcast on Wednesday and let my feelings be known uh, when I feel like that there's you know media members that try to be cheerleaders for the team. I don't think that that's you know, our role. And I do say our because I, re- I consider myself a member of the media. I've been doing sports radio for a long time, and I know the ins and outs. And I had some people come at me and was like, oh, man, you're sensitive, or oh, man, you're tripping, or this and that. And I respectfully disagreed with them, but we had a conversation and I think the people understood what I was coming from. And, you know, I understand where they were coming from as well. You know, a lot of people feel like, you know, the media doesn't say, oh, that Derek Carr is, is a good quarterback and that, you know, they blame him for all the losses. When in 2020, I think everyone realizes the defense was horrendous. The offense did have areas that needed improvement. No doubt about it. Derek Carr did do things that weren't good. He had a lot of turnovers, like 
like fumbles in the in the pocket that need to be improved on. But for the most part, I think most people in the media that I've talked to realizes that, you know, the defense needs to be improved in a major way. And I just found it almost offensive when I heard Brent Musburger say that you're supposed to support the quarterback. And, you know, it was funny. I, I told my guy, Stephen Simcox, I was talking to him about it. He's my co-host on Fox Sports Central Texas. And he was asking me what uh, I talked about on the podcast. And I told him and I said, yeah, Brent Musburger said that uh, he was he was disappointed in the local media for not supporting Derek Carr. And it's so funny before I even really finished saying it he was like that's not their job it's not our job is the you know you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to you know say what the facts are you're supposed to be objective right down the middle and, and call it how you see it if something's not cool then you say it's not cool if something's great you say it's great Simple as that, but uh, it was so funny the way he reacted, uh, just like I did. So uh, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you, and thanks for anyone who reached out. There's a lot of people that sent me messages about uh, Wednesday's show as well. Some agreeing with me and some not agreeing, and that's okay. Uh, we're allowed to do that around here. I have no problem with that. I appreciate it, and that's how it will always be. So that's all I got time for on today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, I promise a breakdown of Mel Kuyper Jr. He had a little uh, pre-draft conversation. Uh, he had a nice media session, about an hour and a half, so I'm going to find some really good stuff from it. Bring it to the show tomorrow. We'll have more uh, more texts, more calls straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line and more news and notes of the day. That's all coming up on Friday's show as we close out the week really, really strong. So that's all I got for you today. Appreciate you as always. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Uh, wear your mask. Social distance. You know, we're not out of the woods yet. Uh, make sure you stay safe. And most importantly, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.